0: Hi, this is Dawn. Welcome to the latest episode of From Dial Square to Wear, the Arsenal Twitter podcast, which, incidentally, contains adult content which is definitely not suitable for young children. Please like and subscribe and leave a five-star review. It really helps. Also, please be sure to visit the YouTube channel and subscribe to that. We have a brand new show, You Can Be The Star, the most interactive Arsenal show where the twist is the viewer who entertains us the most on the nights can join us live on the panel to air their opinions. We have great guests weekly. We've had Kevin Campbell, who was absolutely brilliant, that's still available to watch, and we also have more excellent guests lined up, which is very, very exciting. Thanks for listening.
1: everyone, welcome to a new edition of From Dial Square to Wear. I haven't recorded for a little while, so apologies for that. I've been a bit under the weather with a bit of man flu, and um, as we know, that's the most dangerous illness you can possibly get on the face of the planet. But here I am, being a proper man and battling through it, and bringing you a new edition. So what a week we've had within the Arsenal world. An awful lot to talk about. Um couple of matches that uh, have gone on since I last spoke to you all, um, but before we get uh, stuck into all that, a couple of uh, birthday shout outs, um, as promised, on Twitter, here we go, bit of background music for this, Vixter82, who's Victoria, whose birthday is on the 29th, Happy birthday, Victoria. Goonagang, Gang, whose birthday was on the 30th. Who's at Football Fantas, Fantas 3. Happy birthday, Goonagang. Gang. Yes, hope you had a lovely day, both of you. So, two matches, like I said, since the last recording. Crystal Palace, two all. Nothing much happened in that match, did it? Liverpool, 5 all. Oh, you know, a bit of a boring match there as well, really. I don't know where to start. Interesting thing about both of them, funnily enough. And um, I'm not blowing my own trumpet here. But, well, I suppose no one else is going to blow it for me. But no, seriously, I'm not. But I did um, episode 26, if you listen back to that. Um, just um, actually going to be re... Releasing an edited version Of that to cut it down a bit It was the Mr Arsenal Sheffield United preview And um, I was online there with Ryan, Glenn and Niall and on that podcast I um, Discussed Before the Sheffield United game That I thought it would be Worth trying um, The four four two Formation and um, interestingly enough, last two games we played, he played a 4-4-2 formation. However, Emery, being Emery, played it wrong. Basically, didn't play it the way I suggested, um, which is a lot more of a an attacking 4-4-2 formation. And to me, it seemed like a definitely worth trying because it's a way of getting uh, Bamiyang and Lacazette playing up front, where they should be, in the box. Having two of the best finishers in European football, they need to be in the box, otherwise it's being wasted. And it was also a good way of getting Pepe and Saka on the wings, and I just thought it'd be worth trying, maybe in the uh, Carabao Cup, maybe in the Europa League. And he did do a 4-4-2, must be... You know, a from dark square to where listener, old Mr Emery. Um, if he is, then he knows my feelings about him. Um, I'm sure we'll come on to that a lot more a bit later. But yeah, it was just a passive 4-4-2, really. Uh, I mean, saying that, Liverpool weren't bad, was it, really? However, I just wish we'd play with um, two proper wingers and had Saka on the pitch. And uh, I'm really sort of, are gone for it against Crystal Palace especially um, but once again with the Crystal Palace match I'm not going to talk right this moment about the Xhaka situation I'm going to come on to that later on on the episode in, in a bit more detail go through the um, press release that um, he released himself on his Instagram not via the actual official Arsenal channels but um, yeah, we'll come on to that a bit later and how I feel about all that situation but the match itself um, started off extremely well going 2-0 up within 10 minutes but this is the problem and this is this really sad state of affairs really that um, has got a lot of the Arsenal fans feeling this way but I just never for one moment thought we were comfortable after that going 2-0 up and I put a tweet out during the match saying that I looked at uh, my son who was watching the match with me at the time and um, I said to him well and I hate myself for saying this but I just turned to him and said you know that we're going to balls this up don't you and uh, end up either you know letting in one goal and just clinging on for dear life rather than going for a third and a fourth or we'll just throw it throw it away and unfortunately that's the way it turned out and um, yeah massive shame because of not having that killer instinct and during that podcast I mentioned earlier um, uh, episode 26 the you know, Mr Arsenal Sheffield United preview I said something on there that we are like all the, the baddies in all the Rocky films which is a bit of a strange analogy but what I meant by that is that we in, all, in obviously we know how it all goes in all the Rocky films the baddies are always beating up Rocky right the way to the end but don't quite show the killer instinct and Rocky always comes round last couple of seconds of the last round and, and knocks the baddie out and wins and um that's the way we are we yeah, we start you know we can take the lead in matches but instead of going for the kill we just we're submissive and just roll over and let the opposition do what they want to us unfortunately and the same goes for the Liverpool game the 5 all. it was I mean I absolutely loved that match just because of the excitement and scoring five goals and The end-to-end nature of it. And I would not love-love that match. If it was a Premier League game. But because it was a Carabao Cup game. And. Mesut Ozil. Was back in the team. Which I'll come on to in a bit. He just showed exactly what we've been missing. All season. Not having him in the team. And. I thought he was excellent in that match. And the way he linked the. Midfield to the. Attackers you know he, people were complaining prior to that about Özil slowing down the game but quite the opposite he, the way he sort of linked the play and uh, kept the ball didn't lose the ball you know I don't think I remember him you know, one of his passes going astray I heard on um, the Arsenal Vision podcast that his passing re- um, percentage was 94.4% or something whilst he was on the pitch and I must have missed that those uh, that 5.6% where they went astray because I can't remember he actually one of his passes going astray. Uh, it was just that good, and I know it was only against uh, a Liverpool sort of B or C team. However, there was still Cater, Milner, uh, Lalana, Oxley, Chamberlain on the pitch. It wasn't a bad team, and. Um, a lot of the youngsters looked highly promising apart from that one with a stupid haircut Um, so yeah and when he went off our game completely and utterly changed and I think we only had a couple of shots obviously one of them was that fantastic amazing goal by Willick which was really reminiscent of that Vieira goal against Newcastle to me absolutely loved that and that was the goal of the match for me um, I love the Oxis one, of course, as well, but I think the Willett one shades it 100%. But we were 4-2 four two, four two up, 3-1 uh, up, 4-2 up, and, you know, we we've lost the two-goal lead again twice in one match, and uh, absolutely gutting in the last minute, we couldn't quite just hold on, but that was the way the match was going, and, you know, it was a, a fantastic match, and i I was tweeting a lot during the game and uh, getting a lot of stick from people saying what you enjoyed that we're losing against uh you know that liverpool c team or z team or some people were saying and yeah i, I did because it was like we you know, took the handbrake off for that game and um It was just such a refreshing change and like I said, because it was a Carabao Cup game, I'm really not fussed about any of the Cups as I've tweeted a few times this season because top four is so critical for us. I would be quite happy to go out of the the Cup games, uh, the Cup competitions and uh, really concentrate on the top four because... Leicester haven't got uh, European football this year, and we've seen what they're doing so far at the moment. I, I really can't see them, you know, slowing up this year. Uh, I think they're any, they're a better team than they were when they won the league. If I'm honest, so we've got a real task on our hands to finish in the top four, and whatever we can do to get there is going to benefit us. And I mean the biggest thing we could do and benefit us to get there is to change the manager in my book as soon as possible. I think if we lose against Wolves and Leicester or you know uh, even a draw uh, against those teams it's going to be severely damaging for our chances. Um, so if it's done after. If we do change a manager. After those two games. It's still going to be. Very very difficult. So. That's my. Uh, thoughts on that. With regards to the Ozil situation. I. Really do think. That his. Inclusion. So quickly after everything that's gone on. And. The fact that Unai Emery. Said it was a club strategy to be leaving him out, and then all of a sudden he's back into the cold and starts against Liverpool, and it looks very much like he's going to start tomorrow as well against Wolves. And I can't believe no one else really has sort of um, said this, but I just think purely it's a smokescreen to take all the conversation away from Xhaka and obviously Emery himself at the moment because there's always been such a story all season I think it's definitely just a way of detracting from everything else that's going on within the club at the moment and I just to me as soon as I saw that he was going to be playing against Liverpool that's the first thing I thought of. I thought it was relatively obvious as from from my point of view, but I, I can't say that I've seen anyone else suggest the same thing. And um, I don't know, let me know what you think. Um uh, contact me on, on Twitter at Fromdale Square or email at um Fromdale at gmail Let me know what you think. Because um, I just think it it was definitely a smokescreen but in the end of the day I don't care because whether he is not the same player as he was before or not, he's still better than anyone else we've got to play that role and in fact I, I think personally that he's the only real number 10 we've got in the squad. Because Willock, Ceballos, Guendouzi, Torreira, even though Emery thinks he is, none of them are number 10s. is a number 6, the other 3 are number 8s, for sure. And the only other person, really, who would be able to play that role is Smith Rowe. But I've said before... Olden Mind trying Pepe there, but um, yeah, it's Urzil's the only, which was the best option we've got to play there. And I'll put a tweet out on the 29th of um, October, and it was a thread that I wrote about um, where's Ozil. I'll read it out to you um, briefly. Emery knows what we all know as football fans or at least should that a player at any level of football needs needs a run of several games to get match fit sharp and to the pace of the game this is the same for all young players new signings the older players in fact all players he knows that 60 minutes here and there will not provide a player with the chance to impress and perform to their best He's picked Ozil for tomorrow's game which is the Liverpool one after all the contradictive messages from one day to the next. This is purely to detract the attention away from the Xhaka issue and nothing else and Emery knows that no matter how Ozil performs he'll get 60 odd minutes Emery will sub him off and we won't see him again for a few games Ozil has been a peripheral figure since Emery joined us Fans complain that Ozil is shit, but he's not had the run of consecutive games needed to get his match fitness, form and sharpness back. We've potentially lost Ozil's prime years because we'll never know if he could have provided Aubameyang and Lacazette with even more goals. Everyone who follows me knows full well that I'm not an Ozil fanboy. I'd just like to keep an open mind. And if you watch any video montage of all the greatest ever Arsenal goals in the Emirates era, Özil is pretty much always at the centre of them all. I don't think that that's a coincidence at all. We're playing, or well, we have been playing, utter toilet football, and I, for one, feel that if Meza could get his form to a good level, he's still our best attacking midfielder by a mile and certainly can improve our turgid performances going forward. I for one hope he has an excellent game tomorrow morning and really fucks up Emery's plans. Good luck, Mesut Ozil. So, he's now got one of the best front threes in Europe to play behind and he's got Gwendouzi, Sabios and Tierney as well to feed off. Plus Louise with his gorgeous passes. I'm not saying that he's going to be amazing again. But he's got to be worth a shot and some faith. And so it turned out. And so it turned out as well. That he did get subbed off after 60 minutes. Well 65. But it does look like he's going to start again on Saturday. And I do think again that it's really just too... Put the focus on him and away from the manager and Xhaka. And like I said, I'll come on to the uh, Xhaka situation a bit later in the Crack of Dawn section of the show. So I'm just going to take a short break and I look forward to coming back shortly. And like I said before as well, let me know what you think about um, the situation of Mesut Ozil being back in the team. I'll speak to you soon.
2: Mind the pick Mind
1: the pick And welcome back. Another well funny thing that happened this week was that um, I was just scanning through something that I think Ask Blog posted on Twitter, and um, I saw this thing from Jamie Carragher um, saying that he's joining the podcast world. The first one is out tomorrow, and have a listen. And I replied, I couldn't help myself, saying, "Listening to Jamie's voice on a podcast." I'd rather volunteer for tooth extraction with no anaesthetic and then eat a load of salt. And to his credit, Jamie Carragher actually replied to me and said, "I agree. That's why I've interviewed people instead. I'm sure Arsblog will enjoy tomorrow's episode." And um, so yeah, I mean, I say he's, he's obviously. Up for a bit of a laugh, Jamie Carrigan, but the egg was almost certainly on my face because that first episode was an interview with Thierry Henry. So, um, definitely going to be uh, listening to that. Give it a listen, can't you know, be very interesting to see what Thierry Henry's got to say, especially if he touches on what's going on at the Arsenal at the moment and what his thoughts are and everything. So, yeah, definitely be giving that a listen and. Um, as, as I mentioned, I'm going to go through the Granite Jacker details in a bit. My thoughts on uh, on that when I come up to the the crack of Dawn episode uh, shortly. But Jack Stevenson, who is at Jack Truth AFC, put a tweet out there saying that. I reacted badly to Xhaka's behaviour after his substitution. But I looked at it again. And I'm going to say he showed he cares. He attacked Evera for his comments. So he backs his team. maybe he reacted as he did. Because he cares. So rather than kill him. I'm going to back him. And I replied to it saying. I second this. He's been playing out of position all season. And unlike others. Hasn't complained. He's been thrown under the bus by Emery repeatedly. And he's been the only player... To stay strong enough to front up to the media... After the Europa League final... Performance and the Watford game... So well said Jack... I'll come on to that... As I said... My feelings in a lot more depth... Uh, shortly... But... Of course... He shouldn't... Uh, have reacted the way he did as the captain... Of course... He should no longer be captain But He snapped In that moment And um, Being human You can't blame him Most people I've seen And heard Have said they'd do the same In a a similar position Probably So yeah I'm going to go through that In a lot more detail After the break Hello, welcome to the latest edition of The Crackador. Hello, Hi. how are you?
0: Oh, good, thanks. Are you?
1: Yeah, not bad, thank you. Well, apart from my man, flu, of course. Oh. Very brave and battling through it. Oh, uh,
0: I'm sure you are. And no doubt I shall hear about it all through the weekend and all through next week.
1: Until if you're you be- lucky.
0: Until you're better again. Huh? It
1: could take months, uh, you know. Possibly, yeah. Well, we've got some... Usual funny stuff to go through, and we've got, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, this stuff to talk about with Branit Jacker. And I've briefed you on the background of this. You have, yes. Um, Now, I've got to, um, I'm going to go and read through as quickly as I can. He released this statement after nearly, well, best part of a week after the event. The club told him to issue an apology mm. to the and fans yeah to all the fans and he released it only yesterday let's like say after pretty much a week and um, by the way listeners you might be able to hear this roaring fire that we've got going so it's lovely lovely and warm anyway um, and it's well I'll read through it quickly first and then we'll have a quick chat about it the so Granite Jack-, Jack has released a statement about what happened following his substitution on Sunday during the two-all draw with Crystal Palace. It's been four full days since, and the Arsenal captain has taken his time before making public his version of events. This is what he had to say. After taking some time to reflect on what happened on Sunday afternoon, I would like to give you an explanation rather than just a quick response. The scenes that took place around my substitution have moved me deeply. I love this club and always give 100% on and off the pitch. My feeling of not being understood by fans and repeated abusive comments at matches and in social media over the last few weeks and months have hurt me deeply. People have said things like we will break your legs, kill your wife and wish your daughter gets cancer. That has stirred me up and I reached boiling point when I felt the rejection in the stadium on Sunday. In this situation, I let myself be carried away and reacted in a way that disrespected the group of fans that support our club, our team, and myself with positive energy. This has not been my attention and I'm sorry if that's what people thought. My wish is that we get back to a place of mutual respect, remembering why we fell in love with this game in the first place let's move forward positively together granite he he released that not through the club but on um, his own Instagram alright so the club didn't actually get a chance to look look through it by all accounts before it was released and someone called Swiss Guna I believe put on Twitter afterwards that the actual translation from German to English made it sound slightly different which I don't know obviously neither of us can speak German but apparently people have been going on saying well there's no apology in that whatsoever and um, apparently when it was in German it did say he's sorry Rather than saying, it's, I'm sorry if that's what people thought, it came out a lot better in German, apparently, so it oh, was right. more of an apology. However, so the background then...
0: Let's hope we don't
1: need those again. It won't. Oh, OK. <laughs> I'll just put them on the fire. Um, basically, then, like I said to you, the, uh, I think it was all a massive misunderstanding on Sunday anyway, because... From fans' accounts in the stadium, it was more like that the fans started cheering when his number went up because they were pleased that he was being taken off and a more attacking substitution was coming on because that's not the usual way that things have been going. It's been more defensive, but he took it as if people were cheering that he was going off, and he took it upon himself to. Wouldn't the fans have have been
0: clapping, clapping me?
1: How, what he'd done up to that point, as well. Also, well, I think he took it as like more of a, a sarcastic clap that he, that he was going off. Yeah. And I think he's again, by all accounts, he's very, I think he comes across fairly, fairly sort of an arrogant person. And I think
0: he's
1: the uh, be all and end all, the only player in the club type of thing. Yeah, and he, thought he made it all about him. And um, there's a lot, lots, of, a lot to it with regards to. All that, I mean, there's, there's no excuse whatsoever for the horrible, vile social media comments. And you know, I don't think uh,
0: that um, the people who have said those sort of things about his family, which are absolutely disgusting, they're not fans of football or Arsenal, now, are they? Because you'd never say that, surely, about the captain of your club. And not if you've
1: got any sense, no.
0: Not to say things like that, and also, um, but the fact that he is the captain of the club, I think he could have obviously conducted himself a lot better and on the pitch as he was coming off and.
1: Yeah. So it, it's it's easy to see it both ways. It's well, easy yeah. to be angry with him, and it's also easy well, I to be. Well, suppose if you've
0: had those comments at you and you're thinking about those, and then you can hear cheers and jeers and all sorts of booing and what have you. Um, I suppose you're gonna take it that way because 'cause you've already got it your mind set
1: on. Yeah. The nasty comments, haven't you so? Yeah. And I I my initial thought straight away, which I tweeted out as well, when it, in that situation, I I my thoughts on it are I reckon at that moment, because of everything that's built up over a period of time, he probably thought right then that I don't right fuck you look. I've had enough I'm gone I'm, I bet he thought right at the moment he wanted to leave Arsenal and never come back and he, he walked he walked off the, the pitch threw his well it's not known whether he threw his um, shirt to the floor or not but he took his shirt off and walked down a tunnel and apparently he just went buck dressed shower dressed and went straight off in his car back home before, before the any of the players the game was finished that. yeah and i mean the club, all clubs and really, the whole the way you're supposed to do things is go and join your teammates on the bench and watch the rest of the game and, and cheer your teammates on but he didn't he went straight home and, the, and some of the other players went to, to his house in the evening to see how he was but I, I, oh, I think he just, at that point, he, and obviously he took time to come back and issue that thing, uh, took four days, because he wanted time to think about it, whether he wanted to play for the club again personally. And it's, it's, it is easy to see his side of the story and, and back him up, because it, I think anyone could snap in that situation.
0: Well, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm.
1: I we mean, should really be thinking as well though, is that they're obviously not Arsenal fans. Just, they could just be trolls of any, yeah, this social media trolling. And I mean, it could be you know it could be fans of other clubs as well. To understand well yeah, like, just stupid but, people. But I mean, I mean that was it. he had even worse things you know about his newborn baby and stuff. And it's it is horrendous and it must hit you hard. But the thing is you can you can disable comments. You don't have to have comments on any of your posts on social media well, if somebody wanted
0: to say something to him they'd
1: say it one way or another, other wouldn't they? well yeah if he's not if he doesn't allow comments on any of his oh, posts no. you don't have to have them but the thing is it's easy to say as well that well all these footballers shouldn't have social media accounts they should just stay off social media or have a social media thing but completely anonymous so they don't know who he, who he is so, but I don't know but in this day and age, people actually get paid for social media. I know, I mean, Some people get paid, these celebrities get paid a million pounds per tweet. Who buy? Companies for promotion. So, like,
0: just basic
1: advertising then? And yeah, because they've got so many followers.
0: Tweet
1: about that you're drinking a Coke Sh- and or something? Shampoo or Coke or sportswear or anything, yeah. And they get paid to tweet. Now. So you can't blame them. When, when people say that our player, Beza Ozil, is our highest profile player and he gets paid 350 grand a week. But he's got more followers on his own than Arsenal have. And lots of other clubs have put together. Oh. And it brings in the club a lot of revenue because of brand awareness and everything. He gets a lot of supporters. So yeah. apparently Arsenal make more for having him as a player than they do paint him obviously so they, they, it makes it worthwhile The shirt sales and everything and merchandise sales because they own his image rights so you can't really say that the footballers shouldn't have social media accounts because they make money and the clubs make money off it as well but it's a very difficult one to say that either way whether you think you'd leave the club not be captain anymore or whether you just back him and say he's been hard done by as well because my other thing is that the a lot of his problems are down to the manager because he gets played in in the wrong position which leaves him exposed on the pitch because he's not a defender and he keeps making mistakes He's a, he's a midfielder, but he gets played in defen- just in front of the defence, so a defensive midfielder. And yeah. the problem is, because the manager's so crap and sets the team up so crap, he gets exposed on the pitch by the other opposition, which leads to mistakes. Oh. And that's the reason why he gets hated by the fans. Because he gives away penalties and free kicks in dangerous areas and everything. And he gets the blame for it, but it's not his fault, really. So the manager's got a lot to answer for as well. So it's an odd one, really, to uh, fully justify either way. But I err on the side of feeling a bit sorry for him. But I don't think he should be captain anymore because he should have um, controlled himself better. Yes. And not incited the fans. But I don't think it should be the end of him within the club. How old is he? 27. Um.
0: So he's gaining on a bit for a
1: footballer then, really? Well, really. He's a, he didn't play too early 30s, so he's wow. still got a fairly good few years. Wow. But I don't think he's good enough for Arsenal anyway, personally. But it doesn't mean he should leave the club. Just because of what he did, in my opinion. Wow. Well. Do you feel sorry for him, or do you think he should, he should just... I think he should. If he's the captain
0: of the club, I think he should act like the captain of the club. Yeah. He should lead by example and and
1: have a thicker skin.
0: Well, maybe as well. The amount of money that he is on and he is the captain, he should really be able to play in any position, shouldn't he? And maybe he should practice in the position that his managers put him in. And
1: well yeah. That's very true. Very true.
0: It's like going into a job isn't it And um, the manager of the place where you're working Telling you to do a job but not being able to do it himself Really isn't it I suppose
1: Yeah well on a different podcast There's people about slagging off Some of our new players Who have only been with the club for What maximum of 10 games And have come from a different country Like Spain or France and I gave this example to one of the other people on the podcast saying, Right, just imagine for one second that you got a job in Spain to start next week. All right, so if you put yourself in this position, say you work in a, as a manager of an office, but your company had opened up an office in Spain and they said, Right, you we want you to go there next week to go manage that office. So, if you put yourself in that position and then you fly over there you have to live in a hotel to start off with because you've got nowhere to live and every at the end of every week from the first week you have to do a big presentation to all the board of directors and say millions of people via live stream on the internet and you can't speak the language like I said getting used to a new country climate climate food, everything, and you're living in that hotel. So how do you think you would rise to that pressure to perform in that situation every week until between now and May? Well,
0: it would be very difficult of course, wouldn't it? It would be a lot of pressure Mm. You you were under. But I suppose different circumstances, depends what your funds and everything were. Surely the manager of this club who's doing this, or the player, whichever one you're on about. I'm not sure. Um, the player. Yeah. yeah. Well, surely then they would not be able to get like an interpreter and speak through the interpreter if they knew what they were on about. They could do the job, but they just couldn't speak the language. Yeah,
1: but it's it's a lot of pressure for a young for a, a young, for young person. Oh
0: well, yes, of it
1: is. 22 years old, come to a new country with new teammates you don't know, new manager, new club. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's going to be really difficult for them because they're, again, they're humans and everyone's got different personalities. Everyone's uh, individual and they've got different strength of mind and different character. And some people will take to it easy, think, oh yeah, fuck it, you know, fine, oh, you're really confident and so on. But some people are going to be taking a long, lot longer to get used to it. And they're under, people think, oh, just go on the field and kick a ball about, but how many millions of people all around the world, and sixty thousand people in front of them, cheering or booing, depending on your performance. It's a hell of a lot of pressure. Well, it is. And you got you got to be brilliant. You've got, you got can't make mistakes. They're going to be worried sick about making mistakes because they've got to give a good impression. And it'd be the same for for you if you had to do that, doing a presentation, standing in front up in front of the board of directors, who are looking at you and people on the internet. So it's going to take an awful lot of self confidence and pressure and you know ability to do all that sort of stuff. So people have got to understand that you ain't going to be able to adapt immediately, and you've got to give them time to settle. Because when it's again, like when you're living in a hotel, you want your own comforts and everything, oh, don't you? Oh, yeah.
0: You
1: can't go in the kitchen and make yourself a cup of tea. It's, it's well, I
0: should imagine the sort of hotel that would be stopping in, baby. There'd at least be a kettle where he could make himself a cuppa. I'm sure there'd be tea, coffee-making, really just sort of, you know what I
1: mean. Uh, go yeah. and sit in your kitchen, or you walking around. And you want your own home, don't you? It's good, oh, yeah, difficult it's living awesome. out of a suitcase. It is. It's uh, also, as well. When you're I mean, young, if again. Well, yeah, for a 22-year-old,
0: though. No that be family,
1: friends. What I'm saying is, is if People need to give people right. More of a chance And understand That people are human
0: Oh yes Of course
1: Yeah Anyway
0: Anyway That's enough of the um, Serious stuff What else have we got To talk about
1: cool. uh, Let's have a look At some calls, Shall we Yep
0: yeah. Shall we do this one first It says uh, It's Nick At Nick Pearson 1684 And his question Was Who picks up A guide dog's poo Serious question
1: well, it is interesting, that
0: Well, it is, but the guide dogs are, as I'm sure people are aware, well, very, very clever.
1: you know people that train guide dogs. Yes, I do, yeah. They do guide,
0: guide dog puppy walking and getting the puppy, they, they keep them, they have them for 12 months, get them like um, used to like home comforts and a family life type of way mm-hmm. and they teach them the basic you know, they're commands they're the They can handle the pressure. Do they what, sorry?
1: Handle the pressure. They what, the in the they're, in a, they're not living in a hotel, are they, with tea and well, coffee making? Well, no,
0: they're not, but they are living at a different home to what's going to be their final home before... No, they live with a family for 12 months, then they go off mm-hmm. to camp, and then they do all their training and what have you, and then they go and they pair them up with um, people who they think suitable to the dog. But anyway, back to the um, who picks up the guy dog's poo, they train them, like the basic training and that is to get them to go to the toilet before they take them out for a walk. So, obviously they... Yeah. They're really
1: clever, aren't they?
0: Yeah. I mean, Rusty, our Rusty, of course, he'd be excellent at uh, guide dog in that respect because he doesn't have a crap anywhere apart from his own back garden so well, you, wouldn't never, any, you don't have any worries with uh, whether you'd have to pick his crap up or not because he always goes in the back garden. It's not when you went. go on holiday
1: you don't poo for about four or five days do you?
0: Well I don't know but neither does Rusty. <laughs> 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 we, uh, we went to Devon once and it was only on about the fifth day that he thought, well, I'm not going home anytime soon, I'm going to have to go for a dump. Mm. Yeah. It was massive, by the way, just in case
1: <laughs> wondered. <laughs> like a baby's arm.
0: Yeah, something like that, mm. possibly bigger. Yeah, so that's... Um, I, and I also should imagine, because you said earlier as well, what happens if the guide dog gets like, really poorly or anything? Well, I would think that people may forgive a blind person not actually realising that the dog's had a crap and seeing that the dog was really poorly either I was like dragging the blind person really, really fast get me back, get me back, I need to dump crossing it's dump. legs yeah
1: well if it sprayed diarrhoea everywhere then the person slip on it then there's this blame, there's a claim, isn't there now? well, well yeah that's a
0: whole slip over and fish roll though, around in the
1: d- doggy diarrhoea that would be yeah. very nice, would it?
0: yeah well I would imagine also as well though that the People who, blind people who have guide dogs, they also have people checking on them at regular times and they would, I don't know. What, he's
1: got roll, rolled in diarrhoea? I don't
0: know about it rolling in diarrhoea. <laughs> I don't know. One, one of the um, trainee guide dogs that my friends had once, it came, it didn't actually make it, it was, it... For it as a guide dog.
1: I, was um, say, and yeah, they, I thought it was gonna be they, a horrendous story, I No, didn't, they are, didn't make it.
0: Oh no, they didn't make it as a guide dog because it was terrible at begging for food and it would like keep on jumping up and even when it after it had been to camp for all its training and everything, it's just still wanted everybody's food all the time. So I thought that thing over like stealing off a blind stealing the food out of a blind person's hand basically. Why not? <laughs> Stealing <laughs> candy
1: from a baby.
0: Yeah, basically.
1: Was it like these camps? Was it like summer camp in America?
0: Yeah, something like that. They would do like really in intense tent. training and that. I don't know. that.
1: Intense. Some,
0: Yeah. Some of them, there was, um, there was another dog that they had, another puppy that they had, and he was really laid back. He was called Marlon, actually. Was it Marlon? I think it was Marlon. And um, he was really laid back and everything. There was a young lady who got multiple sclerosis, and she got um, a guide dog. She was partially blind and got multiple sclerosis. And she, she was really laid-back young girl. And she wanted a... You know, the, and they matched, the, matched them up really very well, the dogs, to the, oh, good. who they're doing. So, yeah, he was really good.
1: Oh, that's good. Yeah. Excellent. Right, what else should we talk about, then?
0: Um, there's a tweet, I think it is from On Me Edson at Daniel Floyd 1981. He says, I accidentally kicked my ball over my neighbour's fence and he put a knife through it and chucked it back over. I returned the favour when his cat came into my garden. <laughs> <laughs> Which, well,
1: We don't condone that at all. No, absolutely but, uh, not. But uh, it's, it's quite, quite a fun. funny tweet, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. With, um we've got quite a few well i say quite a few of these oh lovely you've got a nice
1: ball actually from, uh, kicked over yeah i don't know
0: where that came from to be
1: honest well yeah well oh, right, my boys have got it now haven't
0: yeah yeah there's a <laughs> my lovely it sounds terrible nicking
1: my, kids balls it
0: certainly does well no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've got um there's a couple of cats big black fluffy one i think that's Somewhere three roads away, but somebody up next door, but one or so's adopted it. He just sits there and kind of looks at you. And then, lovely ginge, my little puss in boots next door, he sits on the wall and torments Rusty.
1: Well, the cats are they just treat the place like a hotel, don't they? Really, they don't love their owners at all. Well, just use them for food.
0: I suppose I've never ever really? had a cat
1: because well, they've got their own. They've all got roots around their local neighbourhood as well. Where they get, they know they're going to get food.
0: Well, yes, yeah, I suppose so. I could never have a cat because I would, I'd, I'd be worried about it. I'll constantly worry
1: about well, I've got, it being mm, run over. You don't care the fact that I'm allergic to them, do you? Really? Well, that hasn't
0: really crossed my thoughts. Exactly, There you go.
1: For my case. Yeah. Right,
0: what's yeah. the next one? Um, right, then we've got Adam at Allez Les Blues 78. Allez Les Bleus. Allez Les Bleus, I beg your pardon, 78. I don't hate Everton. I don't hate silver. the players, brands, Mosheri, or Kenwright. I hate my dad. I hate him for getting his leg over, not using a condom, making me an Evertonian and causing me 30 plus years of pain. Balding ginger prick. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I love that one.
0: Yes, yeah, well, let's hope he's being what's um, the word sarcastic.
1: So, that's one in cheek. I think so. I think that can go for yeah, an awful I think lot of birds. Well. football
0: lovely, fans. Very lovely man. The fan that he's actually got ginger hair is said to me that
1: he's all right. So. Well, my obviously you know my middle son Toby, he pretty much said the same to me after the Arsenal game the other day. Oh. No. <laughs>
0: what's back? he called no. you upholding Ginger, ginger Craig well he would <laughs> me Ginger because I ain't Ginger but no, no head he head didn't
1: say anything but he's basically saying I've had enough of this club after every match lately I've had enough of this club I'm not supporting them no more crap basically and uh, you know that's all we way to hear but I can't blame him to be perfectly honest <laughs> I keep telling him it'll be alright it'll be alright he calms down after a day or two. a bit like Granny Jacker yeah, well I think that's it For this week then Yes it is Yeah Yeah Yeah.
0: Any plans or anything For the next week ahead Well this Just so I can write it in I can know what I'm doing And stuff
1: This <laughs> coming Wednesday I haven't got a show Listeners um, Didn't have one last Wednesday Because obviously We had the match Against Liverpool This coming Wednesday We've got The Europa League match Which is unusual Because they're always Every Thursday But this one's on a Wednesday so, the next live show will be on Wednesday the 9th with some great guests. So, please subscribe and put the notification icon on. I'm tempted. Wait, be Wednesday the 9th? I'm sure it's
0: Wednesday
1: the 9th, isn't no, it? Because it's the 5th on Tuesday. So, that'll be the 6th
0: on Wednesday. So, that'll
1: be the 13th then, won't it? Oh, right, Whatever. Quick. Yeah. Next, not, <laughs> not this coming Wednesday, the Wednesday after. All
0: right. I beg
1: your pardon. And. um... I was going to say, I'm tempted. I might do an impromptu live show tomorrow after the match. I don't know yet, but I'll let you know on Twitter. Um, so there we are. That's it. But we'll do another podcast in the next few days and look forward to speaking to you then. Right. Have a good day. See you later. Take okay, care. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate each and every one of you. We really need your help to spread the word about from Dar Square to where. So if you haven't done so already please give us a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe to the From Dial Square to Wear YouTube channel and hit the notification button so you never miss a live show. And finally, please tune in to the live shows. Don't forget, you can get the chance every week to be the star alongside Andrew and his great guests just for being the most entertaining viewer on the night. Thanks again and see you on the next episode. Bye!